Hey guys, welcome back, welcome back. If it's your first time joining me, make sure you click the three little dots down there and give me a follow. Hey, welcome, welcome. So glad to see you. Always nice to see familiar faces coming into the building. I hope you had a wonderful day. Um, and I know I've seen that handle before. Make sure you put your name up there because um, I know it's uh, Code Junior and I do not want to mess that up because I always see you coming to the broadcast so I can make sure and give you a big old strong shout out. Hope you guys had a wonderful day. If it's your first time joining me and you're saying, who am I? I go by the name of Tornado. I come in to educate and inform from a faith-based perspective to help um, encourage healing of the mind, body, and spirit that may have been damaged from abuse. That's what we do around here. Hey, Karen, how you doing? I hope you had a wonderful day today. Uh, my day was long again as usual. So again, I'm coming in um, a little bit behind. I had to get me some tea before I started. I got me some nice yogi tea with a little honey in it. That's just, you know, I don't like to put a lot of stuff in. Um, hey, welcome, Jesse. Glad to have you in here. Um, so tonight, guys, we're going to talk about, it's an easy principle. You know, all week, some sort of way, it seems like it's lined up so far. Um, everything's been like an acronym. I said, you know, so well, we may as well keep this thing going. So tonight, we're looking at the uh, at the frog principle. Hey, there's my girl, J9, coming into the building. I hope you had a wonderful day, Jay. Um, I did. Again, you know, it was a long day, but hey, uh, a long day is better than no day, right? Um, it was a meme that I posted not too long ago, and it said, you know, if you're complaining, um, about a day or not thankful for a day, try missing one. And I was like, wow, you know, that's a good point. So I am thankful and blessed to, you know, have been here to have another day's breath, um, to even say I had a long day. So I am thankful for that. So let's hop into this tonight. We're talking about the frog principle. Uh, and it's real simple, guys, fully relying on God, just that simple. Because we know when we try and take things into our hands, we know what happens. Hey, there's my sister-in-law coming in. What's up, Shay? I'm glad to have you. We know what happens when we do not fully rely on God. When we try and take it from our perspective, put our thoughts into it, put our hands into it, it, all, it always goes the other way. Every time, you know, I haven't seen it not work out like that. If you figured out a way that it has for you, you let me know what the secret is because uh, my source has been the Heavenly Father. But, you know, in looking at this and putting it together, there's three things a lot of the times that come at us, you know, when we get going and we're like, you know, I'm trying, I, I'm really trying to stay on the right track here. Uh, but it seems like I got stuff coming at me from every different direction. You know, do you ever feel like that? You feel like you're going good and then all of a sudden, you got something coming at you from the front and then the left and the right. And you're just like, man, man. But that's when, as I always say, we have to really dig in at those points uh, in those times. And the three things, you know, that are constantly coming at us, we will fail when we try and do it ourselves. Exactly, Karen, fail every time. Horrible as, um, what does they say? Uh, the young people, uh, you get the big L or maybe it goes this way, depending on which way to count. It's the big L, the big lose. It is not a hashtag winning such, uh, situation. It just isn't. Um, so we have, you know, the devil trying to come at us and against us. Um, it, when we're, you know, going along, especially, you know, when things are going along good or you're really, you know, walking, you know, in that calling, in that purpose, and you're just sailing along, you know, and he's been sitting back plotting. He's like, man, you know, she's doing too good. I got to come up with something. I got to throw a boomerang in here some sort of way to see if I can get her or him back over on my side. Then, of course, the world is constantly revolving, you know, on its big axis. 
around us, you know, and, and so the world, you know, is trying to drag us in and saying, come on, be a part of me. Don't you want these worldly things? Don't you want these worldly ways? It's okay. Just come on in for a little while, you know, and what is it? Um, Which religion is it, guys, where they give them a chance to go out? Is it for six months or a year to experience the world and then decide if they want to come back and be a part of the community? Is it the Amish? that I'm thinking of, somebody help me here. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's what it is, but they give them that time frame to go out and, and be in the world and, you know, just to experience different things and then to make that decision to say, okay, are you ready to settle down now and be a part of this? And and I'm, I believe I've heard it to where if they decide to go with the things of the world, hey, Janice, glad to see you, mommy in color. Uh, if they decide to go with the things of the world, then they're completely um outcast from that point i believe it I, I believe it's amish but you guys correct me if i'm wrong i know there's a delay um that comes through here since you know i'm using obs so somebody let me know and make that correction because i don't want to be putting out you know any wrong receipts but then also um, you know, we have that flesh, ourselves that come against us. You know, we're our, and out of the three, we're our own worst enemy out of, you know, the devil coming at us, the worldly things trying to suck us in, but we're our own worst enemy. You know, the flesh is the number one enemy. Hey, Miriam, glad to see you. I hope you had a wonderful day. Thank you so much for sharing, um, Janice. Um, you know, and the thing about it is when we, you know, sometimes we say, I just need to get away from everything. You know, I need to take a break. I need to take some me time. Well, unless you're going to figure out a way to separate yourself some sort of way, you still got to take you along with you when you're trying to say, okay, I need to step away. I need a break. So there's things that you you, you have no choice. You're going to go with you. You can't leave you behind. It's not like, you know, if the kids are driving you crazy and you say, I'm going to take a break uh, and leave these kids here for a little while and, and I, I just need a break. But, you know, you can leave them behind and you can take a vacation. But the things that we need to deal with emotionally, the things that attack us and drain us down, we can't run from those things because no matter where we we go, they're going with us. So we may as well just face up and deal with them. That's just what I say. You know, or, or sometimes, you know, I, a lot of the times, hey, welcome, fivefold apostle. You'll be driving alone and out of nowhere, something or someone you haven't thought of, you know, in years will come up and, uh, and just, you're like, man, where did that overwhelming thought come from? Or something that maybe you did, you know, a long time back, no matter, you know, what the time frame is, and you're just hit with it and overwhelmed. The devil's like, okay, let me try and throw this memory up, you know, and, and that feeling of shame, embarrassment. And you're like, oh, thank you, Miriam. And you're just like, man, what if somebody found out about this? What if somebody knows? And, and you just find yourself just suddenly going from up here and just feeling like, oh man, I feel great to just weigh down, you know, and, and just like, man, now how am I met, am I covered in the shame, right? So I'm going to go through a quick list here of ways that we, you know, destroy ourselves. One I've already mentioned, right? Um, you know, is shame, a, a big one, you know, almost to me, um, number one on the list, things that we've done, intrusive thoughts that come in and we start, you know, condemning ourselves, you know, for these thoughts. The flesh is really working on us. And we're like, man, I know I shouldn't be having this thought about this person. I shouldn't be having this thought about wanting to go and do this thing that I'm thinking about doing. I, I know this isn't right. 
compulsive desires, you know, whether it be, it could be anything, you know, from gambling, drinking, um, cussing, you know, you, you may be driving along and your, your normal thing is, you know, when, especially if you get road rage, depending on how big of a city you live in, you know, uh, cussing can become a real compulsion here. If you've ever driven on 45 here in Houston. So, uh, <laughs> if that's one of the things that triggers you off, you might want to stay down on one of the feeder roads because it will drive you to that brink, you know, just different things that have been a pattern that you're so accustomed to will pop back up those compulsive desires that sometimes you know, you think you've conquered that thing and it comes back knocking one more time to see if you're going to answer, right? Fear. Another way we bring ourselves down a lot, you know, which is very limiting. You know, uh, it, it, the fear encompasses, you know, not just, okay, not fear of, you know, some type of animal or, you know, uh, it could be a fear of speaking or fear of going out in public, fear of finding out um, you, something in your past, but, you know, and you're walking the Christian life now, but you're still so surrounded in fear that if people find out, welcome to those coming in, that you're going to be, you know, shamed and blamed and guilted for it, right? So fear can um, encompass a lot of different things. Hopelessness. You know, we can just become sucked down with that. Like there's no way out. There's, you know, no way up. I just keep going far, further and further down. I may as well, you know, just give up. And hopelessness really just keeps you stuck. You're not able to move forward. Hey, welcome, Natasha. And you're just stuck there because, I mean, you just have no hope that no matter what you try, it's not going to work. So you're just consumed with hopelessness. Somebody can come in and they can say, hey, you know, I know you were talking about trying to, you know, go back to school. There's some free, uh, it ain't, uh, there's some free classes, you know, down there at the school. You know what? It ain't going to make a difference anyway. I probably just fail all the classes. I just don't. Oh, I just don't have any hope. I just give up. You know, we beat ourselves down with that. Or we look at the facts. So glad to see you, Natasha. Uh, or we start thinking, well, you know, everybody else in the family tried it. Or my friend so-and-so, you know, she tried it. And, you know, Alice just didn't have good luck at it. So, you know, probably no hope of me making it either, you know. And, and we get consumed with that. We talk ourselves into these things, right? Bitterness, another one. You know, maybe I should have bumped bitterness, um, up there with shame, bitterness, you know, which is like a poison that, that, that we, we're just, our insides, you know, it's like if you um, think of, you know, a festering, bubbling pot, you know, and you're just full of, you know, uh, just venom and uh, just vinegar, and you're just like, man, people are like, that's a real, you know, bitter person, and it's, it's, it's like a poison, but it's not harming the people and the things that we're bitter at. We're killing ourselves with it. It's like, and I heard earlier, somebody said like um, arsenic, it's a natural substance, but it'll kill you. It's a poison, you know? So, so even though you may feel like, you know, well, it's feel like it's natural to be bitter about this. It still will kill you. It's not going to harm the other people that you're sitting there bitter at. And usually it's, well, you know, I feel like I, you know, maybe should have been promoted or, you know, well, I've been here, you know, at this um, church longer. I think I should be choir director. And, you know, and I'm just feeling a, uh, a, a, some type of way about this. Hey, Mel, glad to see you. I just don't think this is right. And you get bitter, you know, and salty, not in a good way with people insecurity, uh, you know, another one. Now, insecurity, I listed down here, causes um, us to do foolish acts, say and do stupid things, and put up fronts 
to impress people. Uh, and usually people that, you know, we really don't even care for. But for some reason, we can't be ourselves. That's around them. We can't be us, our true selves. That's a form of insecurity, you know, trying to impress other people and putting on that mask and trying to, you know, play a role that we're not in, right? And as I was going through this, I came across, and I saw the video on Facebook a while back, but the young man, uh, and just to show how early of an age this starts at, we're not just talking about people that have, you know, walked through miles and miles and miles of life. Insecurity starts very, very young. And now with all the bullying that we're seeing, I think it's really important for you know, for us, especially saying, you know, as Christians, as, you know, the body of Christ, as the children of God, to try and mentor forward, um, you know, to the young kids. If you, you, when you see a kid, um, you know, try and lift them up, be like, oh, you know, you're really cute, or, you know, you're beautiful, or, you know, try and talk to them. What do you do? You look like a, you know, nice young man. Try and lift them up, because a lot of the times they're feeling insecure, and we don't know what type of bullying they're going through, what they may be going through at home, the same way a lot of us went through things, but on the outside, you know, outside of that home, in the outside world, um, you know, as we, you know, have grown up now, nobody knew until we decided to, you know, speak up about the things that we experienced. So I came across this young kid, and it was back in 2013. You guys may have seen the video. His name was Christian, and he started the Buddy Bench, and the Buddy Bench was for um, kids who were being rejected, kids who were feeling lonely but didn't know how to reach out to the other kids because they didn't want to be made fun of. Right, Karen? So I wrote down here, the buddy bench is a simple idea to eliminate loneliness and foster friendship on the playground, to spread inclusion and kindness. So when Christian came up with this idea, um, he was uh, in, he was in first grade and that was in 2013. So just think, you know, if at his age, he's looking out and saying, man, Look at that lonely kid over there. You know, what are we going to do about these kids? If a first grader in 2013 had that type of passion, where do we stand as Christians? How do we display and show that same thing? Right, Mel? I fell in love with it. And as I was putting this together and um, wanting, you know, to find something to sub under insecurity. I was like, oh yeah. So I had to go look and see what the young man's name was. And his name was Christian. And he actually uh, came across the idea. He was initially supposed to move to Germany. He was worried about being lonely, not having any friends, you know, nobody not liking him. And, and so the idea, for, you know, formulated and he went to the, um, the principal and, you know, told them about it. And they said, you know, if he was still there, they'd look at it for the next year. Well, as it would work out, hey, welcome to music maker. As it worked out, he didn't end up moving. The school held up to their word and they started the first buddy bench there now at that school. But now schools all around the country, all around the United States, I know for sure, have these benches. And so what happens is when a kid goes to sit on that bench, that signals to all the other kids on the break playground that they're lonely, they're shy, they don't know how to approach. And if somebody can, you know, is willing to come over to that bench and say, hey, 
I'll sit with you. I'll be your friend. Or, hey, do you want to come and play hopscotch with me? Or do you want to go over here and, um, you know, do basketball or whatever it is. But by them going to sit on that bench, uh, they're not sitting there as the odd kid out. And another that signals to all the other kids on the playground, hey, somebody over there, a human being is feeling lonely. They need help. I think it's a uh, really, really great idea. I love it. Um, so going through that list, you know, we went through shame, intrusive thoughts, compulsive desires. And, and so then that poses the question, well, you know, I've tried a lot of things and nothing's worked. Well, that's where that frog principle comes in, fully relying on God, right? Because we've tried the pills, you know, we uh, to numb everything. And then once the laxacosin, uh, whatever, you know, medicine that they try and give it to numb, you know, the feelings in the inside of the dioptrin or the uh, lactination brain control, whatever, you know, some of these medications have crazy names and I'm not trying to call a specific medicine and have them coming for me to much you on there down in my medicine. But you guys know what I'm talking about. A lot of people are strung out on that stuff and they don't know which end is up. Mm. But, you know, we try pills, books, seminars, you know, the self-help, uh, the quick fixes. And we're like, why is nothing working? Well, I tell you, you need to fully rely on God. You know, the answer is Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and saying, you know what? I'm going to take myself out of this because what tends to happen? Hey, welcome, Daryl Arnaz. Hey, Trish, um, I did see you calling. I'm going to get back with you. You were calling right as I was hitting go live. Um, so, you know, the, the Spirit is what we need. That's the medicine that's missing. We're trying to find these cures. Now, we can go to these conventions, you know, and these self-help things. They're great, but you get hyped up and then you come back home and you're still feeling empty because that has not solved the problem. Man cannot solve the problem. You, and so we say, well, you know what? Maybe it was just that one that didn't work. Let me go over here and spend $5,000 on this self-help seminar and see if that will work. That's my timing right now. Um, you know, so we keep trying things. Well, you know what, Doc? That medicine that you gave me about three months ago, it's just not strong enough. I'm still, you know, having these same emotions. You know, I'm still feeling really down. Matter of fact, I'm feeling worse. And they're like, aha, don't worry. I got something that's just a little bit stronger for you. You know, so each time, uh, you know, we keep going and they keep upping the dosage. And the more they up the dosage, the worse the problem gets. Or the problem is just completely uh, numbed and out. And you're just in that zombie state. You see people, you know, and you're just like, man, they're just like zombies. They're, they're just like, uh, just gone. You know, they're just completely phased out of life. And to me, as Trish says, that's no quality of life. That's no way to live numbed and zoned out from your problems. So, you know, by that, by that frog principle, fully relying on God. And saying, God, I need you to deliver me from this thing. I'm taking my hands out of it. I am fully going to rely on you because your word says, you know, and if we look at, let's just take shame. If we look at Romans 8 and 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. 
And I want to pen note that right there. So a lot of us, you know, we've came back. We said, you know what? I'm confessing my life. You know, I believe the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. I've turned my life over. I'm ready to walk, you know, the full faith, um, you know, and uh, being a Christian. But we're not really fully relying on God because we're still condemning our own selves under that umbrella of shame, that umbrella of guilt. But it starts out right there in Romans. If you go through Romans 8 and read all the way through, that's one of the most uplifting books and passages of scripture. So there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Now you can go sit in a sanctuary, you can read, you know, the word, you can even talk and deliver the word. But if you truly have not said, I have fully given my life to Christ, I have fully given myself flesh and all, I have fully given myself and I'm fully relying on him. That's null and void. Just sitting there. Mm-mm. That's not how any of that works. It's just not. I don't care what anybody tries to tell you. That's just not how it works. So, so it's telling us there is no condemnation for those. So then, but we still sit and, and, and just beat ourselves up with the shame. We beat ourselves up for having those compulsive desires. You're sitting there going along fine. And then all of a sudden a commercial comes on. You're like, ooh, you know, and, and you're like, ooh. That alcohol does look kind of good. I think I might just go out and have me a drink. Then one turns into two, two turns into three, three turns into four. And you're like, oh, my, my. Then the next day, you're beating yourself up instead of going and saying, you know what, God, Father God, I messed up. I am here to confess my sins. I am relying on you to give me the strength that the next time this situation, if it presents itself and comes across and I get the same compulsive desire, I know that your word is telling me that there is no condemnation. So tomorrow, I'm not going to keep beating myself up. A week from now, I'm not going to keep beating myself up because your word says there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. Four turns into you lost count. Exactly, Trish. You're just like, man, ain't even no count. And you're like, uh, uh, you just lost. You just faded out. Just gone. Intrusive thoughts, you know, if you look at Romans uh, 8, drop down to verse 4. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Now, if you back, and it's so written so plainly. Those who are dominated by sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Enough said right there. So in order to please the Spirit in saying I'm fully relying on God, we aren't going to sit and think things that that put, you know, where we're condemning ourselves, shaming ourselves. We're not going to sit in fear and hopelessness. You know, we're not going to sit and be bitter and vile and, and angry over things that happened 40, 50 years ago, 10 years ago, five minutes ago. We're going to say, you know what, God, I'm fully relying on you because your word said if I bring this to you, you would handle it. You say you got it right? Okay, I'm going on with my night. Right, sips tea. That's what you have to do. I'm telling you. Insecurity. If you look at Romans 8, drop down to 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. 
and remember that those who do not, and this is a parenthesis here, because uh, this is actually coming from uh, the NLT version. Hey, welcome, Pastor Monique. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all, which goes back to back up the point where I said, you can sit in there, you can sit in that same pew every Sunday for 40 years, every Saturday for 40 years. You can go to every prayer meeting. As my grandma said, you can beat down wear down the doors of the church. You can just have the carpet worn down. You can sit there. You can sing that same song. You can hum that same prayer. You can lead that same devotion. You can get up there every other Wednesday and lead the choir. You can do all of those functions within the building, which is the church, which we know we are the church, the body of Christ. The church is just a building. You can do all of those functions within that building. But if you have not truly said, I am fully devoting my flesh and my life to Christ and fully relying on God, that's not how any of that works. And it's just not going to work out. I don't care what they done told you. It just ain't going to work out that way. So, you know, you have to make, it's basically saying when you start to build a house, you're not just going to go and be like, you know what? I think I saw some Play-Doh over at the Dollar Tree. I, that's how I'm going to start. That's what I'm going to build a foundation of my house with. So you go over to the Dollar Tree and you buy about 5,000 little containers of Play-Doh and people come and buy and they're like, what you doing, uh, Monique? And you say, I'm building the foundation for my house. And they said, for your house? Yep, mm, I'm going the cheap route. Mm -hmm. So you make your foundation out of Play-Doh. Then you begin to construct your house. You put the beams down and, and you start putting in the insulation and you get the roof up there. And then all of a sudden, hey, welcome, welcome. Then all of a sudden, a wind comes along. Or it's like they told uh, Nehemiah when he was uh, rebuilding the wall. If a fox comes along and breathes on that thing, it's going to fall down. If a fox comes along and breathes on it, it just falls down because it's built on a not firm foundation. It's built on Play-Doh. It's built on junk something that is not going to last. So you have to build it on a firm foundation. That's what our life has to be built on, that firm foundation. And that firm foundation is the Father. That firm foundation is God. And saying, you know what? There ain't no other way. As I like to say, you guys always hear me say, ain't nothing that nobody out there on the other side of this screen can do or say to convince me otherwise. Because I tried living the other way for many, many years, and it just did not work out in my favor. It just didn't. But once I made that conscious decision to say, Torah, I said, self, um, and myself said, huh? I said, self, we tired of living like this. We tired of living all of these years. Um hiding behind the shame, blame, and guilt. It was not my fault that I was molested. It was not my fault that I was raped. God, you said you would handle this and take this into your hands. I'm not going to sit and keep harboring hatred against this man. God, you said you would handle it, right? You said you got this. Okay, self, come on. It's time for us to step out and go. And don't act like y'all don't talk to y'all self. Now, my grandma used to say, just don't answer yourself. But sometimes myself answer back. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that self is the Holy Spirit answering back and saying, yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. Gone. That's what I need you to do, Tor. So you need to discern uh, which self it is. If it's your own self giving you the answer that you're trying to convince yourself of, 
are if it's the Holy Spirit. And we know when it's the difference. We know the difference. We might want to, uh, hey, Charles, glad to see you. Jawaru, what's going on? We try and convince ourselves. I know that was the Holy Spirit that, that mm-hmm, I just happened to think about him. I wonder if he married. Now, I did see him in the mall. Well, you know what? I did keep his number in my phone. Let me just call Mm-hmm. Let me just go on and call. I know. And you know that is not the Holy Spirit convincing you of that. That's your flesh and yourself, uh, which falls under compulsive desires and intrusive thoughts, getting you to dial that phone. Woo! 2,197 invite. All right, Charles. Charles stepped in the building and said, bam, look at me show out. <laughs> You know, so that's what we have to do. You know, just as a home needs a firm foundation that's going to last, the same goes for us. We need to be firmly planted, unmovable. You know, we need to have that foundation that's going to withstand any storm that comes along, any wind that anybody comes along, any hot air that anybody tries to come along and blow on you and say, oh, now you want to be all holy and sanctified. But I remember when you was working down at the strip club you uh, 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 mm -mm. that was then this is now so if you ain't caught up to now you just stop that conversation and cut them off do not let them because as the scripture says so there is no condemnation so do you do not have to sit and allow anybody to put condemnation and conviction onto you and if they still try and keep talking say well you know what let me pull out the script and hit them with the script so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. So what makes you think I'm going to sit here and allow you to pour all your uh, bitterness and condemnation upon me? Mm -mm. That is not going to happen. In the words of my brother, not today, not today, not today. So you have to send them stepping. Do not sit there and let anybody beat you down that way. Move on because you know you've moved past from that. Clearly, they need something to do with their own lives if they still stuck remembering all of that stuff that you went, uh, all of the stuff that you did, you know? And, and even you, even though you know you could pull out 5999 and a half receipts seats on them, but you say, you know what? I'm going to fully rely on God to handle you. And you say self and yourself going to say, huh? And you're going to say self, sit down. We're not going to pull out them 5,999 and a half receipts on him or her today. God said he got it. So self, let's just go on and have our tea. Sip tea. That's how you handle that thing. And you build that firm foundation, whatever the problem is. Fully, holy, 100% say, God, I'm going to let you handle this thing. And don't sit and fret over this. We talked about worrying. Worrying ain't going to get you nowhere. It just don't work out. If you miss that scope, make sure you go back um, and check it out. It, it was a really... Um, it was packed with a lot of good information in it. So, you know, if, you, if you're dealing with some worry issues, grab yourself a cup of tea and say, you know what, I'm going to sit down and, and spend time with this and take some of this in. It's, it's, it's good word. It's good fruit um, that was sold out there. So um, that's my message for you guys. And, and before I forget, let me pop it up because we're coming up close to the end of, I actually have two things. First, I want to put in and say, um, we have the purse drive that's coming up through Fuel by Hope where we're taking the purses, filling those with the supplies. So if you want to 
uh, donate is still open. You can go. I have the link up there where you can um, either do a cash donation or if you have old handbags that you want to send, any of the cash donations, those will be taken to, um, to uh, what did you say? Home hush anointing or say it and repent. Exactly. Say that thing, repent and go on, go on about your business. Cause you know, God's got it. So, um, you know, any of the cash donations, they're used to buy supplies. If you check out the website, tornadoteaches.com, go to the donate page. It shows exactly what supplies, what things we get to put into those, um, into the bags, you know, for the homeless, um, you know, to make just brighten their day. You know, everybody likes to have something nice. And like I said before, a lot of times we're like, oh, look at them. They need to be clean. Well, you know what? How, how are they going to be clean? So as the banner says, you can make a difference. You can make a difference. And, and um, ain't even got to leave home. So if you just want to do um, cash that way, we do thank you for it in advance. Hey, Sarah, glad to see you. And then don't forget on Sunday we're doing the, uh, we still have the contest going until um saturday june 30th at midnight then we'll pick the winner on sunday on my 5 p.m scope uh let me get the information up here so um for you guys that want to enter that i know it's blocking my face and i ain't even gonna move over i'm just gonna grab me some tea pop that up there for a second so you guys can um get that actually i know it's blocking the um um, what's in the way there? What do I need to move? One of these. This one. How about that? Yeah. That way you guys can see and I don't have to move my title up there. So make sure you go over and register. Um, Put yourself in the contest. We have a nice list of entrants so far uh, building up on that. I can't wait to see who wins. I'm excited about it. I really am uh, to see who I'm going to be sending that out to. So those two things, um, the purse drive, um, you can do the paypal.me forward slash mosaic magnolias. If you want to be part of that or to do a cash donation, or if you go to the website, the PO box to where you want to send any of the purses, or if you want to buy the supplies yourself, some people say, well, I want to buy the supplies. That is fine too. The PO box, um, is listed on the website if you go over to tornadoteaches.com. And so um, in being obedient, we're going to close this out with prayer. And I'm going to let y'all out of here. Um, Father God, it is once more and again that a few of us have come together with bowed heads and humble heart. Father God, tonight I come to you for those that are dealing with all types of emotions, you know, that are taking over their flesh father god you are a source of all consol uh, consolation and hope through the death and rising of your son father god he remains our light in every darkness our strength in every weakness father god father i come to you to ask that you be a refuge and a guardian for all of those who suffer from the effects of abuse and violence father god comfort them and send healing to the wounds of their body, soul, and spirit. Father, I ask that you rescue them from bitterness and shame and refresh them with your living water, with your love, Father God. Heal the brokenness, Father, and revive their spirits. Strengthen those dealing with insecurity to come and lay all of those issues of self-worth at your feet, Father God, to come and fully rely on you. Father, help to transform minds, to lose the old flesh and old ways of thinking, and to put on the new self to be able to think 
like you, Father God. Lord, destroy any negative words spoken over their lives, towards their lives. Father God, I ask you to cancel the damaging effects from years of abuse, years of hate, worthless talk said against their minds, Father. We believe that nothing is too hard for you and all things are possible with you and through you. Father, have your way and let your perfect will be done. Father God, provide comfort for the hurting. Bestow crowns of beauty instead of ashes. Father God, I ask that you pour the oil of gladness instead of mourning and add a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair, Father God. In closing, we ask that... You give us a home somewhere in your kingdom where we may rest, rule, and abide with you, Father God. All these things I ask in your son Jesus' name. Now and forevermore, let the saints say amen, amen. Thank you guys, as always, for coming in to spend time with me. You could have been doing anything else, but you came in to find out what that frog principle was, which is simply full reliance on God. Take it to him. He's got it. And until next time, walk good, do good, be good. Be purposeful. Be intentional. Full, be intentional. Full reliance. Full reliance. Have no doubt. Have no worry. He's got it. He's got it. He's got you. I love y'all. I really do. You all know the Torah. 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 Torah.